Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. For Bob Stoffer all week long. Hope you're enjoying your Monday. About halfway through the workday, aren't you? 106 in Edmonton. Oilers now brought to you by Digitex. PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software, and now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company money. All your devices managed at digitex.ca. We're uh, talking junior hockey. We're talking Oilers prospects here in this final hour of Oilers Now today. And you can keep in touch while we do so on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. Plenty of texts at uh, 630-630 as well. Keep them coming on the Heartland Ford text line with over $10 million in new and pre-owned inventory. They're one of the largest volume Ford dealers in Alberta. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. We're also on Twitter, at OilersNow, at Bob underscore Stoffer, and myself, at Brendan Escott. Did you know that Evan Bouchard right now has six points and seven playoff games for the Bakersfield Condors? Two goals, four assists. Tyler Benson keeping up with a phenomenal rookie season. He's got six in nine games played. Uh, lots of contributions coming in from the back end. In fact, if you look at it, there's as many defensemen in their top 10 scores as there are forwards, and that's not a bad thing. And again, that's when we come back and say, hey, the Oilers can afford to drop some of the money off of the back end if that's the direction that Ken Holland wants to go with this because they have plenty of options sitting there. I think we all saw what Caleb Jones is capable of. Another uh, half season worth of uh, seasoning in the minors probably didn't do him uh, didn't didn't do him wrong. Especially when you, you've got now a mentality where you want your young players to percolate in the minor leagues. There was a texture alluding to that a little bit as well. Which I now see that I have... Uh, oh, there it is. It's Topher with a genuine contribution. Not too concerned with who we draft this year. To me, it's more important he makes the opening day lineup. Anything less is a fail. That is the wrong approach to take, Topher. Absolutely not. They will... uh, I I don't expect to see the Oilers drafting anybody that they think is going to play this year. Lucic is more tradable next summer. Says this texter out of Edmonton. Yeah, exactly. So don't expect any reason why they would uh, why they would flip him out this year. I, I really cannot see it. Uh, but again, we are, we're talking junior hockey. We're going to bring aboard the voice of the Bakersfield Condors this week. It's Ryan Holt. And Ryan, when you look at the overtime performances uh, and, and a few of them that they've had to come up with, they're becoming the cardiac kids. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's one of the longest series, I I think, in AHL history, minutes-wise. If the Condors can win tonight, it'll be the longest series uh, in terms of minutes played uh, in Calder Cup playoff history, and that's something that goes uh, 84 years here in the American Hockey League. So um, a kind of crazy series. Uh, It started with a four-overtime game 
in game one. Uh, that was the fifth longest game in AHL history. Uh, the Condors fell down uh, two games to nothing on home ice, had to win basically a, a game three on the road in San Diego, did so in overtime with William Lagason, dropped game four, and then a dramatic double overtime win in game five. So uh, the Condors haven't won a game in regulation in the series, but they're right in it. And hopefully a game six win tonight and, and move on to game seven back at home on Wednesday. Coming into this series with the Gulls, did you think these two teams were going to be as evenly matched as they've proved to be? Yeah, we talked about it kind of before the series. Uh, both these teams, it's kind of like looking in a mirror. Um, when, when both these teams are at full strength, and I don't think either team is really, you know, at full, full strength. Uh, the Gulls are without uh, Troy Terry and Max Jones here for a, a large chunk of the series. Uh, the Condors have been without Cooper Marodi. They were without Ethan Bear, um, you know, last game, and they've been without Kylie Yamamoto for a long stretch of time here, but when these two teams are at full strength, they're like looking in a mirror. They're two teams that can play um, a really fast brand of hockey here at the AHL level. Uh, there's a ton of skill up front. Um, you know, the Gulls, when they're at full capacity, are, are a dangerous team. I mean, Adam Cracknell's on their fourth line right now, and, and he's got nine points in the last three games. <laughs> so um, this is a competitive series. It's two very good teams, and, and two teams, like I said, that, that look like one another. They've got uh, some good veteran AHL experience. They've got some guys that have played in the NHL and a lot of ton, pro- a lot of young prospects on both teams. Obviously, you're you're around the Condors quite a bit, even if you are kind of watching from a distance. Um, fatigue is that starting to become a factor the later we get into this series, just given how many minutes, as you mentioned, that they have played. Yeah, it's a it's a mental and physical toughness at this point. And um, last game, the Condors inserted uh, three guys who who hadn't played either in the Calder Cup playoffs, or, or at least in the last couple of games. You guys like Nolan Vesey, who played one game in this series. Cameron Hebig hadn't played since uh, game two in Colorado. And then Stuart Skinner, who was basically the, the third goaltender for uh, a bunch of these Calder Cup playoff games, ends up uh, coming in in relief in two games, in games three and four, and then comes in in, in game five and, and pitches a 45-save uh, performance on 46 shots uh, through, through double overtime. So... Um, the depth has always been something that, that has been tested for the Condors throughout the course of the season, whether it's through call-ups or injuries. And, um, you know, you're getting guys in, in positions now that, that are having an opportunity to, to show what they can do, and um, they're stepping up big time. It's, uh, it's all hands on deck, and uh, whoever's in needs to perform, and, and it's been uh, fun to watch. Ryan Holt is the play-by-play play voice of the Bakersfield Condors. It's Brendan Escott in for Bob Stoffer today. Um, Ryan, in terms of the depth, I've got jotted down here, the goaltending carousel, because we've seen not only Skinner, as you mentioned, and Shane Starrett, but Dylan Wells in there. Um, I guess my question is, is it kind of nerve-wracking not really having that number one goaltender, be it because of fatigue and and needing rest or performance-wise, as we've seen all three of them get action in the playoffs here? Yeah, I think uh, Jay Woodcroft and, and the coaching staff are really comfortable with all three goaltenders, all three have won big games throughout the course of the season. Skinner um, was used earlier in the year and then kind of later on in the season um, on a couple of back-to-backs, um, you know, which are common in the AHL in terms of travel um, and, and wanting to rest Shane Sterrett, not having to have him go back-to-back with travel. So Shane would play the Friday night game at home. And then Skinner won actually two games down here in San Diego, which is a, a very tough place to play, especially on the weekend and comes in and wins two games down here during the regular season. Wells has had some fantastic performances. Again, kind of has that 
relief for Shane Sterrett, who kind of took over the, the net uh, kind of in December and, and never really gave it up. Um, so I think they're comfortable with all three. Certainly, uh, I think if you had asked them before the series, they would have liked to just roll with Shane and, and have that kind of be the the case. But both teams have had, you know, both goaltenders play not only in the series, but throughout the course of these playoffs. So um, it's uh, an interesting dynamic, but uh, certainly great for Stewart, great for Dylan, and great for Shane to get this experience um, in a really competitive series. And, and this is as competitive a series as you're going to find in the Calder Cup playoffs. These are two teams that, you know, have played now, you know, it's going to be our 16th meeting of the season coming up here tonight. So um, this is a, a fun thing for them to be a part of. And I think it bodes well for the future. And it's interesting that you bring that up because there's other players that are in probably more so on the forefront of Oilers fans' minds. I'm thinking of Ryan McLeod and Evan Bouchard down there. You've had a, a couple games now to see them both in action. We hear from Jay Woodcroft almost weekly what he thinks, but I'm curious what, uh, what you see out of those kids and how they've fared in their first uh, professional action. Yeah, kind of uh, crazy um, for, for Bouchard and McLeod to, to jump into, and, and we'll take Bouchard first. Uh, Bouchard jumped in. Um, in game three uh, against Colorado in our first round series, ended up uh, with four points in the two games as uh, the Condors eliminated the Eagles in four. And then McLeod jumps in into a, a you know, I mentioned a, a really tough physical um, matchup here against San Diego. He jumps in in game two and, um, you know, has assists in, in two out of the three games that, that he's played here uh, in the Calder Cup playoffs. Um, you know, both have, have brought something to the table. Um, McLeod won the faceoff in double overtime uh, in game five to set up the, the Curry game winner. Bouchard uh, had an assist on a shot uh, on the opening goal, uh, our only goal in regulation in game five. And um, certainly hasn't looked out of place on the blue line uh, for this team. And, and McLeod, I think, has been competitive as well. So, um, you know, for both of them to not only make the jump from junior to, to the AHL, which in my opinion is a large jump, it's not as big of a jump from the AHL to the NHL, uh, but to not only make that jump from uh, junior hockey and make that jump to the AHL, but now you're jumping into uh, the Calder Cup playoffs, you're jumping right into a series um, kind of, cold if you will in terms of um you know being able to play at this level and, and they've both acquitted themselves very well and um you know really impressed with what they've done here in the in the playoffs and certainly with with a chance to get into the regular season i think could uh you know be a, a real big force for uh, this organization chatting with the voice of the bakersfield condors ryan holtz a couple guys that oilers fans would also be familiar with but for different reasons joe gambardella josh curry they had uh, one goal apiece in the in the last game in game five there um have you seen their games evolved somewhat since they spent quite a few games up in the nhl level Uh, i think so Uh, that's you know it's a great success story for you know this organization for you know you mentioned curry but but guys like Gambardella and Russell uh, to to get that experience in the NHL, it, it, you know, the, Josh Curry's a huge success story for this organization. He's a a guy who was in the ECHL here in Bakersfield on an ECHL contract and was actually, you know, maybe one of the last guys to make the team back in 2014-15. Um, uh, we had a lot of contracted guys from the American Hockey League at that time, and, and there was talk that that Josh might not even make the team. Um, he had a 100-point season in, in his 20-year-old year in the Quebec League, never really given an opportunity. Comes in in the ECHL, dominates in the ECHL, and then we move to the AHL, and uh, he's on an ECHL contract and kind of a two-way deal and ends up back in Bakersfield in November and ends up one of our best players that first year. 
turns that into an AHL contract and then turns that into an NHL contract last year. So um, he's kind of the mayor of Condor's town down here. And um, just to see him realize his dream this year and to, you know, really contribute with the others as well too, not just make the NHL, but contribute. And I think that's something that this organization is proud of that, you know, not only are guys going up, but, but when they go up, they're ready. And then when they come back down, they really have a commitment to this team to, you know, see this thing through. So, um, you know, for a guy like Curry to score that goal, and, and he's been snake bit here in the playoffs. That's his first one in, in nine games, and, and he doesn't go nine games without scoring a goal often. So uh, good for him to, to get that, and, and good for him to, you know, continue to, to carry the mail here for this team. I get the sense that both him and Gambardella are two guys that uh, mean a lot in the room, and especially to a, a younger roster. Is that safe to say? For sure, yeah. You need uh, guys... Um, you know, like that, that are pushing um, the younger players. We, we talk about those guys up front and guys on the back end, like Keegan Lowe and, and Ryan Stanton, who are, are veteran guys for this team that, you know, just show the way for this team each and every day. Um, I think if you spend 10 minutes with Keegan Lowe, I think it's a, it's a positive uh, for the entire organization. He's a guy who, who shows up every day willing to work and, and willing to put the time in, not only for himself, but for the entire team. So when you have a guy like that and when you have guys like Curry and Gambardella, Russell, Malone, Callahan, showing the way for these younger guys on how they're going to set the tone for the team, um, it's a real positive and a real uh, you know, maturity thing for younger players, the 20, the 21-year-olds, the 22-year-olds, coming in and, and seeing how it's done here at the pro level. And I uh, can't say enough about our leadership group. They're, uh, they're tremendous. Um, they set the tone, like I said, and, and it's uh, been fun to, fun to be a part of this group. Ryan Holt on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. He's the voice of the Bakersfield Condors, and we've had a chance quite a few times in this series to use the overtime winning call, which sounds awfully familiar to that of Jack Michaels on the Oilers Radio Network. Holty, i got to ask, who did it first? Who do you think does it better? <laughs> uh you know jack's great uh, i know rick generates uh you know kind of famous for it uh i will say this i, I never called a, a double overtime uh game winner and, and in game one when we were uh, going to quadruple overtime i was thinking about it and i was like how am i going to mix in quadruple uh into this call so uh when it happened in double overtime uh, i kind of had to take a breath and and do double, uh, get that out of the way first, and uh, and roll through the overtime. Uh, but uh, yeah, I know it's uh, you know I've been doing it too. Um, I, you know, I didn't rip it off from Jack. Uh, I know Jack and, and me have gone back and forth with it before <laughs> on text messages and stuff. So um, you know I think it's Rick Jenner at the, the original uh, overtime one. So uh, certainly not uh, unique to myself or unique to the organization, but. Uh, I'll take them any way we can get them. As long as I'm saying it, I'm fine with that. Great stuff, Ryan. Really appreciate it, my friend, and uh, have a great call tonight, hey? Thank you very much, Brendan. Yeah, I appreciate it, and uh, take care. That is the voice of the Bakersfield Condors, Ryan Holt, 7 o'clock Pacific tonight in San Diego for a decisive game six. 120 in Edmonton. We get some more of your texts on the River Cree, excuse me, on the Heartland Ford text line. Is Brendan Escott in for Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now? This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Turning 123 here in Edmonton from the 630 Chad Studios. It's Brendan Escott hanging out with us this afternoon. 
plenty of text to get to. Uh, one of those including, could Bobrovsky be available for Edmonton? Could Sergei Bobrovsky, the free agent goaltender out of Columbus, be available for Edmonton? My answer to that is absolutely not. His price tag is far too high, especially considering that they just signed Miko Koskinen. The fans, I, I think, would be beside themselves if they were paying a backup goaltender $4.5 million a year to play the amount of games that one would play behind somebody like Sergei Bobrovsky. So no, Texture, I do not. Uh, that's Jag out of Edmonton. I don't think that that's a possibility, nor do I think that that's where they need to be focusing on allocating their money. They need scoring help way more than they need a Sergei Bobrovsky in net. Out of Regina. Hey, Brendan, Todd Nelson, in my opinion, should be the next head coach of the Oilers. To coach this generation of players, you need a coach who the players respect so much they don't want to fail him. Gone are the days of coaches that demand the players do what he says. Todd Nelson is a coach that fits. One of my favorite high school teachers of all time had exactly that aura. There's there's teachers that students will not abide by, and there's teachers that just command respect without really even having to to uh, to demand it, if that makes sense, their presence alone. If that's the kind of coach that Todd Nelson is, I completely agree with the texter. Bottom line here is I, I would really like to see a, a more modern shift in philosophy and um, not sure whether we're going to get that out of Ken Holland, but he's incredibly intelligent. And I ran a poll on Twitter after he got announced and 58% of people said that they were more confident in things now and like 48%, I believe. <sighs> Whatever, the math doesn't add up there, but you know what I mean. A high percentage of, of uh, people said they didn't feel any different about it. So Ken Holland is not making a bad impression is what uh, what I'm trying to say here. But as far as a modern philosophy, out of somebody who's 63 years old, can't bank on that. But if he hires a coach who has that modern philosophy, if you will, then uh, then that might mitigate some of it. Got to put the players out there for him to play, though. Regardless of who the coach is, if he's rolling out, uh, you know, an AHL fourth line, then I don't understand what would be any different next year than this year. So there is going to have to be some movement on the player personnel front, and that's why we were talking earlier about how realistic is it that Nikolai Ehlers ends up with the Edmonton Oilers next year. Don't lock that into your brain, but I think that that's, uh, that's something that they're going to at least consider. Uh, World Hockey Championship, by the way, this is a crazy game right now. It's now 3-2 for Slovakia over Canada in the second period. It's been feisty. Uh, Shea Theodore picking up a goal, as did Anthony Mantha, who now has two points about halfway through this hockey game. So, uh, Not hearing much out of Darnell Nurse. I will tell you, though, if you want a little sneak peek of later on this week, we have put in with Hockey Canada to try and get uh, a hold of Darnell Nurse or Carter Hart, uh, likely coming up on a later edition of Oilers Now this week. Remember, I'm sticking around. Uh, all week with you as Bob is off on vacation. So we will likely hear from a member of uh, Team Canada at the World Championships a little later on. One more. This is Sonny in Vancouver. He says, I'm hoping that Holland can repair the Pugliarvi relationship and put him back on the proper development course. Hopefully with this uh, fully healed hips, he can find his skating legs because big guys like Josh Anderson, Rupe Hintz, Anthony Mantha, Jake Vertan, and they take a longer time to develop. I don't get how just throwing away a player like Pugliarvi is a, is a smart player development move or management-wise. If he does get traded, I wouldn't be surprised to see him turn into a player like a Hall, a Justin Schultz, a Jeff Petrie or a Dubnik where the Oilers and fans gave up way too quick again from Sonny in Vancouver you gotta give the kid a chance in the right environment 
the right environment to succeed. You cannot put him in the NHL because he was the fourth overall pick and expect that he's going to figure it out. This fan base is very passionate and vocal and... Hey, don't sugarcoat it. I mean, people do look at this stuff. People do at some point hear things in the media. If you're trashing the confidence of a kid who is 20 years old, just turned 21 at the NHL level, there's no point in him being here. But as Sonny mentioned, if they can get him on the right development track again, have him play in the AHL next year, and maybe stop considering him a a lost cause, then there's a player here. And that's going to be found money at this point for the Oilers. We'll get to some more texts coming up. Uh, we got the news break, and then we're going to hear from AJ Jakubek. He is the voice of the Ottawa 67s. They played the Guelph Storm in the OHL final. They ultimately lost to Dmitry Samarukov and, the, and, and Guelph. And we're going to hear all about Samarukov's playoff heroics, his excellent performances coming up after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.